Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 155. Let's roll. And uh, man, week seven. I don't, you know, I, I was finally, uh, trying to think of a way if I could grandstand or not, or if it's just a complete victory lap but I had an amazing week seven I hope you all did too but it was really one of those weeks I, I went uh I've, I have like 20 leagues I think I won in all but two so I went like 18 and two one of them's a tanker I actually went 18 excuse me 17 and one in my tanker in my non-tankers and one and one in my tanking they actually won a tanking league by accident but it was just unbelievable I, I think I was in first or second in in points scored in 14 out of the 20 leagues. It was just an amazing week seven. So certainly a lot of Lamar Jackson, a lot of Mark Andrews, a lot of Puka Nakua, a lot, a lot of stuff just sort of going my way. CMC on a few teams. It's, it's, it's all, it's all up. Um, and, and I think the, the week seven is one of those weeks too, where if you do have a lot of depth in your rosters on in dynasty, you know, with, with a bunch of bi-week teams, it can be helpful as well. And and that sometimes can be part of the reason that you have depth in Dynasty uh, because you never know who's going to get hurt. It's a wasteland out there at the running back position. We're going to get to all that and more with my guest. Um, I'm going to be happy to introduce my guest this week, a friend, a longtime friend now, unbelievable. And the one thing I'll tell you about this, 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 uh, this man is that he's a legit Dynasty player. He's doing a lot of work. He's doing a ton of work. You all know him, Mr. Theo Greminger. Um, what is it? What is your official title at Player Profiler now, Mr. Greminger? I'm 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 the director of content. Sheesh. I'm the director of content. I mean, so, I'm about yeah, to introduce not- him like president of the United States or some shit. <laughs> Jesus, president of the United States, Theo Greminger joins me today. Theo, what's going on, buddy? If I was president of the United States, the first thing I would do is the Monday after the Super Bowl would be a national holiday. Absolutely. That that would that's like if you if you want to yeah. want to win in 2024, you should start with that. Yeah, 
that's a unifying thing unifies people yeah yeah i don't know yeah let's not get into politics because no politics i tell super bowl i mean i don't think you qualify are you 85 years old and unable to complete a sentence then you can't be president i'm pretty sure that's right yeah you gotta you gotta be really fucking old and completely out of touch to 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 lead our people that's for fucking sure um anyway what are you gonna do what are you gonna do it's it's a mess out there but uh, it's not a mess in these dynasty streets, man. I mean, I you know I know I play in a couple leagues with you, and you know watching uh, watching everything come together right now. Of course, only week seven, we can see a lot of stuff fall apart. Uh, I'm sure you're doing pretty well as well. Yeah, you know it was like this was a great week for me in dynasty. Like dynasty for whatever reason, dynasty went almost perfectly this week, and then redraft. I had a couple of really bad beats. Yeah. Um, so kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. It's kind of it's kind of weird how that like the dichotomy between the the two the two like layers of fantasy of fantasy football. Yeah. But yeah, Dynasty was a really good one. Um, and I've also been able to pull off a couple of like pretty interesting trades uh, recently. Ooh. I think that this is a this has been like a fun week for me um, as a Dynasty manager. And I have a couple of teams where it was kind of like maybe it was like a slow first first two weeks of the season and now the teams are starting to to, to catch speed so yeah I, I i loved week seven it was by mageddon but now we're through it yes and i got a bunch of w's on by mageddon so i i can't i can't hate it all yeah absolutely well i would love to hear about those trades i'm gonna i'm gonna touch those trades and i've got a little maybe a special rant of that i promised so i'm gonna get to that and more right after this Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As promised, I think I said I would rant. I'm not sure if it's a rant. I just feel like, you know, <laughs> let's put it this way. There was some stuff that went down on Twitter. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna reset it. And and Theo, you can chime in or tell me to shut up or whatever, but here's here's what happens, right? So it, it was it was the whether or not Quentin Johnston was a viable redraft pickup when Mike Williams went down. And I thought, well, if you want fantasy points, I don't think he is. I don't think he's going to be a viable fantasy pickup for redraft um, if you're looking for fantasy points. And I thought, man, Josh Palmer had been you know, trending in the right direction. He'd been, he'd been playing in three wide receiver sets. He seems to be earning targets when he's on the field. He was fairly productive last year. Uh, he did see over 100 targets and over 750 yards last year as a, as a second-year player. Uh, again, with those two players in the, in, the, in the lineup being Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And I thought, man, he, he's the next guy up. And he's the next guy up in a po- high-powered offense. And, you know, we hadn't seen very much from Quinton. Granted, I heard the theory, the idea that he has upside, Quinton Johnson, I guess. But I feel like Marvin Mims has upside. Why? Because he was on minimal snaps, but he was showing high efficiency. Um, Quentin was not earning targets at any sort of a rate and was not getting on the field, uh, you know, in two wide receiver sets or even three wide receiver sets before the Mike Williams injury. So I said, I think it's Josh Palmer. My friend Bean Counter said, no, no, the play is Quentin. And his point 
was taken. I already understand that, yes, his point was that Quentin had upside, and I just didn't think he did, or at least not as as much or as uh, as much as Josh Palmer. And I felt like maybe Josh Palmer could be a league winner. I don't I don't know what the hell. At least he's going to be the next guy up. That was the play for me. His play was saying that there was upside. And then ultimately what has been happening is he's been doubling down on he was right, which, I mean, I suppose we still don't know. It's possible Quentin could turn into OBJ 2.0, but I don't, Probably not. I don't think Probably so, right? Not. So, I mean, yeah. isn't this kind of an easy one? Like, I don't understand – the the, the 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 you know the the pushback on Twitter that's what I'm like I, I don't have anything to say because it's like well wait you weren't right about this or at least so far you're it's wrong I mean Quentin is, doesn't look like the guy right no Quentin definitely doesn't look like the guy and I think sometimes when you dynasty like dynasty is different you can wait and wait and wait but when yeah. you're talking about like redraft um, the L's come quickly yeah. and it's uh you know the the results are there for us and. We don't have like infinity to wait on these players because, right. you know, by the end of the year, it's going to be the it's going to be Thanksgiving before you know it. And the fantasy playoffs are right around the corner. We're already in week eight. And I'll say that Quentin Johnston, when you had the bye week, that was the week where you could get your optimism and hope. Yeah, because the self scouting, yep. uh, the opportunity to play against Kansas City and then, you know, doesn't do anything. Yeah. And Josh Palmer, I think. Josh Palmer is a guy that I should have been higher on in the offseason. Um, you know, he had 70 catches as a second-year player. This was a guy that they drafted in the third round, familiarity with with Herbert, familiarity with the system. And he just kind of kind of got pushed to the side because of the the new Quentin Johnston draft pick. And I think that was kind of poor process. Um, Quentin Johnston now has one more out because Gerald Everett has suffered the quad injury. Yeah. So like we can tell ourselves a story that maybe he sees a little more work because of that. But at the end of the day, Josh Palmer is just locked in and Josh Palmer just looks much better too. Yeah. It's not like Quentin Johnson is like a Marvin Mims where you're seeing him really, really flash in like this ex- extremely limited sample size. And you're like, okay, I've seen it. Or even like once. You're just not seeing it. Even once. That's <laughs> right. right. I mean, that's right. we've not seen a single big play from him. And and that's really it. I mean, I, you know, I'm... I, I'm not even anti-Quentin. Like I, I get that there's this sort of potential upside, but the potential – his argument was there's so much upside there that – and one, and then two was there's there's Josh Palmer's irrelevant. Well, I would argue that if the production that Josh Palmer portends to have in your league is irrelevant, if that's irrelevant, then so isn't Quentin because his upside is not going to be – so, so good that he's going to be a top five or 10 wide receiver. I mean, that is such an inside straight draw. It doesn't even have any merit. So if you're in a deep enough league where they both might have something, I still would rather have the sure points of Josh Palmer. You know, it's like we forget, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, every league is different. And, and one of, uh, you know, someone had a really smart take in the comments where it was like, dude, you don't even know the, we have to know the league. Like if it's start two wide receivers, 10 team league, neither guy's relevant. I don't want to pick up either. So you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, we're just talking about what's the likeliest thing to happen. And you know, he was sort of, he's like, yeah, you got to swing. You're going to strike out sometimes. Like, okay, well, if you're just saying that you were right, because maybe in some other universe, Quentin Johnson was good. Okay. 
but he's not. So you're wrong. So let's move on. Like that's the fucking, that's the answer to this whole riddle. It's like, of course we can jerk ourselves off about the idea of upside plays. I get that, but I'm not going to sit here and go back. Well, you were right. I guess I should have fucking picked up the guy who's not doing shit. It's like, no, listen, that's what happened. You know? So we see what happened. We understood what was going to happen. And we kind of called that. We were right. You were wrong. Move on. It's okay. It's not even a big deal. And yes, there was an upside play to be to be had and an upside story to be told, but that's not what happened, at least so far. Again, it's possible Quentin Johnston is Calvin Johnston in hiding. But probably not. But probably not. That's right. That's right. Speaking of Quentin Johnston, though, I think that there's something to be said about this, this rookie wide receiver. First of all, Holy shit, right? Are there so many good rookie wide receivers? It feels like every year now. Am I am, am I right here? This class is ridiculous. So good. And like, like, take a step back from just the wide receivers. Yeah. This has been such an impactful class yes. of rookies. It's like two, two or three years ago, everybody's like the class of 2023 yes. is the one you want to get those first round picks for. Yes. And then as we got closer to the rookie drafts, the enthusiasm like went down a little bit. Yes. And people were like, maybe it's not quite as special. As that. No, it really was. This you special. know what it was? I've said this a couple times, Theo. It was because the running backs, right? Because the whole yeah. thing was centered around these running backs. And if you remember, it was like Tank Bigsby, Sean Tucker, um, you know, um, Sean Tucker, uh, Gibbs and Bijan. I was a couple others, I think that, oh, Charbonnet maybe, but like a couple others. And it was like this sort of class was going to get there. And then the draft happens and, like everybody's like, other than Gibbs and Bijan, it's like, you know, Tucker went like undrafted practically because of medical. And like, you know, all these running backs were sort of like, yeah, I'm not so sure. Bigsby behind ETN and they didn't test as well and yada, yada. So the running back class sort of didn't look as strong. And for those reasons, everybody was like, well, fuck, if I'm not going to get my awesome running back, forget it. You know, and we forgot that there were a lot of great wide receivers and there was a lot of wide receivers, Michael Wilson and you know, these deeper cuts that actually, obviously Puka, that actually showed as well. And so I think there was depth where we didn't see it. And of course, the tight ends and the quarterbacks hit. I mean, at least two of them did. You know, we'll see about Bryce. I think he's fine. Uh, I think yeah. he'll be maybe okay. I just don't think he'll ever be special. That's just, but who knows? We It's still some time there, but, um, you know, he'll be fine. But I think that was really what it was, is that the the running back sort of, you know, landing spots and all the rest of it sort of threw us off. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. And I will say that the the running backs, you know, we saw the incredible production from A-Chain. Yeah. Gibbs hits last week. Gibbs had the like the dream Gibbs game. Yes. They get dominated by Baltimore, but he has 20 touches, yep. nine catches, touchdown run. That's like what we want. Yep. And the talents there with with Bijan, very weird headache situation. Oh my god. Shout out shout out to the um <laughs> shout out to the Atlanta Falcons beat writers. What incredible reporting. To let us all know to keep Bijan out of our lineup. When you find out Saturday night he's not feeling well, that was great beat writing. Yeah, uh, you guys beat reporters in Atlanta. Just you guys just do it better. Yeah, um, eat it. But and then I'll say like Ty J Spears looks so good. So yep. the running back class, like the story for the running back class, will be told in the second half of the season. Yep. But the wide receiver class, you nailed it. It's just unbelievable how good this wide receiver class is. And we knew that when there was four wide receivers selected in the first round, that that like kind of told us something that the NFL saw this as a position of strength relative to the class. Yes, but you rarely see it where so many players from <laughs> from the different rounds are all hitting. Like to me, the third round 
is the the like the the really fun one because yeah you know we've all seen what these first round guys have done all seen what puka nukua has done but we've had such a, a bad run of third round wide receivers ever since deontay johnson and terry mclaurin and now this we like everyone in this third round yeah you know like tank dell is a baller josh downs, josh downs. is a baller we're gonna get josh there, downs right? is incredible and michael wilson looks really really good jalen hyatt Last week looks like the Giants wide receiver. If you're going to roster one in any format, it's Jalen Hyatt. Yep. And then I'm not unconvinced that Cedric Tillman's not pretty good at football too. Right. So the whole third round hit, like the whole third round hit. So yeah. it's there's depth, there's quality. And like you said, it's every single year. Um, but it it it's there's no like limit to the amount of good wide receivers that can play in the National Football League. That's right. This is just like uh it's just like a ton of them right now. Yeah, it's it's really fun actually. And there's the there's been like if we go see, I'm old. You're older. You know, you're way old. I mean, how old are you now? 72, 27, whatever. I get those mixed up. Listen, we're, we've been playing long enough to know that it used to be that the wide receivers took a long time to acclimate to the to the NFL game, and the running backs could could <clears throat> contribute right away. And I think there's been some reasons for the wide receivers now to be able to acclimate much quicker. And I think it's a, what is it? It's the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours, you know, idea where these guys have been running routes in high school. There's more of a pass game emphasis at the high school level than there was 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, right? The the further back you go, excuse me, there's all the sort of all-star camps and, you know, uh, you know, uh, AAU sort of style of, 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 of play where they're, they're just running routes, uh, you know, all the time. And then the college game has become wide open, right? So now these guys are getting way more reps, uh, um, you know, uh, NFL type reps early on. They're coming in ready to go. They know what they're doing. They're not like, wait, what do I got to do? You know, um, there used to be a physicality that was allowed in the NFL that, you know, guys like, a lot of these guys actually would not have stood up to. They would have not been able to get open in the NFL from, 15 to 25 years ago, but now they can because there's more space. There's a it's a quicker, shorter passing game. You know the average distance uh, uh, per throw is down, um, but the you know total attempts is up. So I think it's just a the game is changing in a way, the position is changing in a way, and I think we're going to see more and more wide receiver hits, and I think we're going to see fewer and fewer bell cow running backs and more and more sort of split backfield. So the way that that changes makes me a little bit more bullish about drafting wide receivers in the rookie drafts than I had ever been. Yeah. And I think if you look at it just from a, from a very simple perspective, most of the time your flex now is going to be a wide receiver mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You're not searching for running back flexes. So it kind of all like, you know, trickle down effect. And you talk about the seven on seven, uh, yeah. you know, off season stuff that all of these guys do. Um, and it's just every single year we're seeing this like injection of talent coming into the NFL like we saw like the 2022 class was special the 2023 class is really really good and now this 2024 class which I'm sure me and you are gonna we're gonna have a chance to podcast about this this offseason yes this 2024 class is like the throwback where Uh, there's a bunch of really big strong physical ones too so it's wild times and if anything it makes me this is a dangerous game to play in dynasty but it makes me more willing to kind of move off of like established, very strong wide receivers. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Because I know that there's the, you know, the rankings are, are so often going to change because these guys just kind of force their way in, you know, not necessarily like you're truly elite guys, 
but kind of your semi elite players, like yeah. the guys like the T Higgins types that maybe move into the top 12 in dynasty wide receivers rankings. Now, good luck trading T Higgins for Zay Flowers. Right. You just can't do it. Right. So those sort of like non-true alphas that, that move their way up. Yeah. If I'm able to pivot those guys for picks, I don't think I'm going to get jammed at the position. Right. No, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, on the flip side, of course, if you're building with, you know, just wide receivers, they're also going to stand the test of time. So even a guy like yeah. T Higgins, you're not panic selling him though. You're just opportunity, uh, opportunity selling him at the right times. Because if you can, you know, you can hold him. You're also fine. You know, if you hold yeah. Zay Flowers, how long is he going to be relevant? I would think for a long time. You know what I mean? It's like it's a inc- long, long time. Yeah, it's incredible. So, you know, I think the the wide receiver position is in very good hands and will continue to grow into 2024 class. But even the you know, you go back to the 21, 22 classes. Those were great too. Even the 20 class. I mean, obviously with you know JJ and Lamb and Ayuk, and it's just been it's been a hit after a hit after a hit at the wide receiver position. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's going to formulate our sort of strategies going into the offseason. But before we do that, of course, we've got this season to worry about. I wanted to talk about this, basically this class, because from a dynasty lens, you know, we can all say, yeah, yeah, Puka's awesome this year. He's obviously, you know, um, you know, a, a player you want to roster this season. But what happens to him in the future? Is he a real player? Where does he fall in dynasty? And then sort of you know, flipping that to a guy like Quentin Johnston, you know, uh, and I'll go on one tiny more ramp, but Quentin Johnston was, you know, the, 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 the player that was promised to be attached to, you know, Herbert and all the rest of it. And I had one guy, um, uh, um, Theo sort of chime in and was, he's kind of being disingenuous and that's fine. I don't really, you know, it's funny. You try and, uh, I remember when I was, you know, new to Twitter and, a big account would interact with me. I felt like, Oh, that's very nice of them. You know, I'm going to try and interact. And so I try to interact with other people and, you know, and then you start to answer someone's question. They're like, and they do that thing where they're like, so you must've been fade and chase then, you know? And it's like, dude, no, don't do that. Like, I'm trying to talk to you about the, yeah. you know? And so this guy did that whole thing. He's like, so you probably didn't even, you know, he was doing that whole thing. And I'll just tell you like the Quentin Johnson thing. Cause he pulled something from like February, you know, it was like, look, you had Quentin as your wide receiver too. I'm like, Sure. Great. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. The, I, I feel like that forever. Like he's, you know, he's still a wide receiver too. Damn it. You know, it's like, no, you've changed with time. First of all, I start my process in February. So he's trying to get me, you know, gotcha. You is your first uh, thought process about the class. And here you are, you know, so yes, as you go along February, yes, we start to put it together. Then the, then you start to dive into film and the, in the data, then the draft happens. Then, training camp then the actual fucking nfl games happen you know what happens you change your entire opinion about shit because way more information can be gleaned from what happens in nfl football games than what we think is going to happen or even draft capital the play on the field matters more than any of that stuff and that's why puka is now worlds ahead of quentin johnston i'm not sticking to my priors of my early fucking analysis of the class that would be the dumbest possible move of all time. And I don't think I need to say that to these listeners, the listeners that have, have been following this podcast forever, but God dang it. If you're listening, because I told you that's the answer to the question you change with time. And here we are. And me and Theo, are going to figure this part out. Where do these guys land? Hey, Theo. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'll, I'll say like your point about like, it's like the sunk cost fallacy in redraft. If I draft a guy 
and he's not producing just because I took him in the fifth round yeah. doesn't mean I need to jam in my lineup. Right. It's the same thing with our process in, in rookie drafts. When we start mm-hmm. ranking these players, we do it before they land on NFL teams. Yes. And we don't want to completely change our takes on them. But at the end of the day, like if you're a very good at dynasty, it's then you're able to kind of assess what players value is right now. Yes. And that's like one of the most important things you can do in terms of dynasty. So yeah, you're spot on where you had a guy, you know, before the NFL draft is completely inconsequential Yes, at this point. It's not even, it's not even in like the, the stratosphere. So like these guys who get Debbie take lock and like that stays with them for years, that screws them up. It screws up their entire process. Yes, absolutely. You you made a great point. It's like Jahan Dotson. I, I drafted him in a yes. redraft league. I dropped him, I think maybe even week two or three. I was like, he I don't know. I, you know, if he's not gonna provide me upside, that offense isn't good. Like I had to make a decision. He, if I'm not gonna play him, if I'm not feeling compelled to play Dotson, I have other wide receivers. Fuck it, drop him. I'm gonna pick up an upside running back. I don't even know who I dropped him for. Who knows? You know, but like I, you got to move. You got to make a move. You got to move forward. And as I've always said, be ready to be wrong. So I even said in that post that he owned me on, I was like, I was like, please tell me where I'm wrong. Like, give me feedback. I'm looking for information because I don't have enough to make these takes strong enough yet. And then you just keep moving forward and you keep gathering information. And yes, you change your opinion. Be ready to be wrong. Change your opinions. And here we are changing our opinions, or at least moving them you know it's like water that just flows to the spot it goes to and puka god dang is this motherfucker good i like i don't know i i feel kind of funny because i, I posted my rankings online uh, you know on the, on the on twitter and a lot of people are like dude puka i have met wide receiver 10 in dynasty i think that's pretty strong i think chalk hadn't updated his his ranking so he had him in the in the 20s so he ended up being like you know 20 or something in our uh consensus or whatever and i think that's low and Chuck would admit it. No big deal. But point of the matter is, where do you think he lands like in Dynasty right now, Mr. Theo? It's hard. I think it's hard. It's hard not to put him like he's got to be somewhere in that wide receiver nine through 15 range yeah. in Dynasty. Yeah. But but the thing about Puka Nakua is he might have the greatest wide receiver rookie season of all time. That's in the range of, of outcomes. There sure is the 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 hundred yard game stat is insane. Yes. So the the record in the NFL is nine one hundred yard games. I couldn't even tell you the guy. It was in nineteen sixty. Okay, we're not that old. Right. No. 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 I um, never heard of him. Justin Justin Jefferson had seven one hundred yard games during like the what we look at as like Legend. probably the best right. r- the best rookie season of all time. Jamar Chase had five of them. Odell Beckham Jr. had five of them. Puka has four already. already. Yeah, already. So Puka could could break the record for most 100-yard games and give you a top six scoring uh, season in PPR. Um, it's unheard of, yeah. this kind of production. So at the end of the day, the NFL mm-hmm. is, a, is a process league. And you look at a guy like Tyreek Hill, a guy like Stephon Diggs, yep. a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, yep, yep, they're yep. all drafted in that same range yep. as Puka. So we need to throw draft capital out of the way. That's the only neg- negative thing. Like, If you want to keep Puka Nakua out of your top 15 in, in, in rankings in Dynasty, your only argument against against him being in there is the draft capital. That's it. Saying how the that's it. That's, that's completely it. it. So that's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, there's there's a little bit of like trepidation to move him so high. Like 
you know, all right, wide receiver one then. You know, it's like there's a point where you're like, wait, am I being foolish? And you don't want to be foolish either way. You don't want to be like, I haven't met, you know, 25. Like, you dude, man, I need to see more. Okay, fine. Maybe that's foolish. I also don't want to be like, you know, there's a point. Like, it, you know, but it is tough because in redraft right now, would you trade CD Lamb to get Puka? Yeah, I would. Yes, I think I am. <laughs> you know I think I'm mean? making that move. Right? Yeah. So, okay, so if you're willing to trade CD Lamb to get Puka in redraft, what's your fucking problem in Dynasty then, Chief? You know, you know what I mean? It's like, what do you think is going to happen next year? All of a sudden, Puka's going to suck? It's like, I don't know. And, like, how much of this can be attributed to Matt Stafford and his tendencies? I'm not saying that Puka is made to be a good player because of Matt Stafford. I'm saying how much of his production is because of – the Matt Stafford factor. I don't know that answer either. What do you think? I think like McVeigh and Stafford have certainly maximized his productivity, but at the end of the day, you see him making these spectacular catches on the sideline. You see him being able to separate. You see him being able to win in different levels. Like that's not something you can just like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm such a good at scheming <laughs> right. that I'm going to get. <laughs> yes. And also you talk about targets. Yeah. Like targets are earned yes, at the sir. NFL level. And he has more targets than Cooper Cup since Cooper Cup came back from injury. True that. So at the end of the day, this is we're talking about Cooper Cup, who last year led all wide receivers in points per game before he got injured. Yeah. And the year before broke fantasy. Yeah. And now Pukunakua is getting more targets. And I know it's only three games. Sure, small sample, this, but this still week, he's doing it. Yeah, he's it, he's still doing yeah, it. Yeah, he's it still doing it. Yes, so. yeah, he he is. And I know the down week uh, was it two weeks ago? I guess was a great buying opportunity because people saw the two yeah. catch game and. I think he had seven targets and they were only through the ball like 20, 22 or something times or whatever. He had like a 30% target share in that game. You know, he had two catches, yeah. but like I was that, that did nothing zero to, to throw me off of Puka. As a matter of fact, I think I even had to buy a, a Puka purchase, <laughs> Puka purchase uh, that particular week because I was like, this is a great opportunity. I try, I'm trying to purchase him everywhere. I am. I think I'm up to like 50% or 45, like basically half my leagues. I have Puka. Uh, I will gratuitously tell all the people who hate me, uh, you know, uh, in my takes that I am fucking fifth in the Scott Fishbowl. So eat it. Um, and that in that league, I also have Puka, of course. You know, I drafted him. Yes. So, yeah, Puka it was the skeleton key for a lot of leagues right now. And certainly winning in Dynasty. Look, if you have Puka, what was he, a third, fourth, fifth round rookie pick? And yeah. now all of a sudden, you know, he's a top five wide receiver. That does not happen. Yeah, no, it's it's in it's insane. It's and insane. like, you know, I've talked to you about this. I talked to Ray Garvin when when he came on. Yeah. I know Scott Connors had Scott Connors pivoted on the on the like fully Puka. Um he's here. Yes. This is it. It's like we could talk about him for two hours, um, and it still like wouldn't be enough time because it's one of the greatest stories we've ever seen in Dynasty. Yes. It's it's like getting it's like getting one oh one non superflex production. Dream 101 yeah. non-superflex production in like the fourth round. It's like yeah, it the definition happen. of like a league winner. You never see this. No, especially in his rookie season. I mean, obviously, you know, he's putting himself up there with Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Odell Beckham, and some guy from the 60s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for, you know, shout, out. shout, shout out. out some dude from the 60s, um, you know, in, in terms of rookie production. So, I mean, he's he's there in that regard. He's he's it's just unbelievable. So. I think he is the wide receiver one from this past class. I don't think that's really even that close of a take. I did have JSN ahead of him, you know, a couple of weeks into this sort of trip. But as he continues, I just think that 
he's going to be a target earner. And, I, and to answer the question I asked you, I think only a little bit is coming from the Stafford McVay sort of thing. Yeah. He wins against zone. I mean, obviously, if he had a shit dog quarterback, uh, excuse me, a shit bag quarterback, he would um, he, he, he would his, his stats would go down, of course. But, you know, it's not like Stafford's, you know, top five right now. I mean, he's just playing well. So I think Puka's yeah. there. Here's the question. How high can we have him? Steph Diggs or Puka Nakua in Dynasty? If I'm – unless I know I'm going to win the championship this year, then I'm going Puka Nakua. Yeah, I, but if I have – but if, I, if, I, if I'm in a position to win a significant amount of money and I have a team that's like really like looking to go over the edge, I'm going to go Stephon Diggs if it's a one-year type argument. But long term, how could you not make that uh, an argument? I mean, I love Stephon Diggs, but anybody who's over like 28, 29 years old, the edge has to go to Puka Nakua. Yeah, here's the thing. Are we sure that I mean Steph's awesome, first of all. I mean, are you sure that Steph's gonna outproduce him the rest of the way? It's not a it's not for sure. I mean, they're they're close as it is now. I think you're right, but man, I move I just moved him ahead of Steph Diggs. Now here's the next one. Chris Olave or Puka Nakua in Dynasty. I think I might go Puka Nakua. Gotta, and I would have, wouldn't have said that weeks ago. <laughs> this one's tough. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. It's Now you're blowing my mind with this one. Like, you know Olave's my guy. Yeah. But Olave, if Olave was doing what Puka Nakua was doing, every single person would have him above Justin Jefferson Sheesh. and Jamar Chase right now Sheesh. with that with his profile. Um, and I guess if you don't – if you disagree with us about Puka Nakua – I think this is the kind of trade you should try to make. Yes. You could go pivot for Garrett Wilson or pivot for Chris Olave. Guys who we have seen have great success. Yep. Um, and great have profile. that significant. Yep. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like Chris Olave is leaving like a little bit to be desired in terms of like the production. Yeah. It's not his fault. He's a great player. But at the end of the day, we, we, we play for, for titles and we play for production. Yes, sir. Um, and if you put Chris Olave in Puka Nakua's situation, I don't know if he'd necessarily be scoring like Puka Nakua. Um, it would be interesting. If he though. was, if he was scoring like Puka Nakua, people would be advocating for Olave as a wide receiver one overall in Dynasty. One hundred percent. You know, he would be the number one. He would move, he would have moved ahead of Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase if he was producing the exact same stat yeah. line as Puka. Or if Jackson Smith and Jigba yeah. was doing what Puka Nakua was doing, right. they would be advocating for that. If any so, of these guys with some of this high-profile stuff, so that's why it's a little bit tough to to parse because we do have to look at draft capital, but how much, right? Okay, so yeah. so here's – remember, hey, remember in the offseason, we kept asking the awesome Sislowski question, which was who could break into the Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson tier, and we'd give all these answers. Who would have thunk it was fucking Puka? It's crazy. It's crazy. Here we are. It's crazy. All right. So Puka, I think is I, I he, right now he's wide receiver nine for me. I just moved him ahead of Steph Diggs because you're right. I think I would move off Steph Diggs in almost you know probably ninety percent. Even my competitive leagues. I mean, in a lot of them, I, I would consider moving off Steph Diggs to Puka. You know, you don't lose too much in year one, and then you just have you know a, a, a little bit longer of a runway. But it's close. He's right in that ballpark. That puts him right around. He's, he's a top twelve, uh, you know, uh, dynasty wide receiver. You know, I don't know if you can move him ahead of Garrett Wilson or Tyree Kill. Maybe CD. I mean, CD, certainly you could talk to me. We're going to have that conversation another day because I'm not ready for it because it hurts my heart too much. But um, CD is one of these guys that certainly is now maybe in the Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, you know, category and not 
the Amon Ra, Jefferson Chase, you know, that category. I think he's moving himself down. And who knows? I think maybe Chris Olave's with him. So anyway, um, who's wide receiver two in this class for you right now? Because I think that's actually a very good question. If you asked me six days ago, it was Zay Flowers. But Jordan Addison looked simply incredible on Monday Night Football. And Addison, we can't discount the touchdowns. Addison has six touchdowns already. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about he's going to end up with double digit touchdowns with his, his, uh, profile where Addison, like we talk about Addison, his, his structure and his profile and his playing style kind of reminds you a little bit of Stefan Diggs as a guy who's yep. going to be here to stay. Exactly. Yep. For me, I'll take a cop out and I'm going to put those two guys in a tier because I think both of those two guys are are like really, really, really close and we've seen it. But if I was offered a trade and I was offered Zay Flowers for Jordan Addison, I'm probably turning it down. I don't know if that's the wrong process, but like Addison is just everything about Addison screams long-term fantasy success. Agreed. Yeah. I love Zay Flowers though. I think he's a stud as well. Yeah, no, Zay's fun and I like him and I've got no issues. I'm not going to downplay Zay, but I, for me, it's Addison. I think that's right. I think actually, you know, I think you got to put JSN in that in that category too. I know he's not producing yeah. right now, but I think that if you're going to make a three man tier, it's got to be, or excuse me, if you're going to make a second tier, I think it is those three. Um, you know, do you disagree with that, or do you think JSN is now fallen behind? Well, I do think if we're looking at it as a vacuum, like for what I want for my dynasty teams, if I'm offered Zay Flowers for for JSN, I'm probably just going to just bite the bullet and stick with JSN. I do think that trade equity matters yeah. in Dynasty. Agreed. And I think right now those two guys have more trade equity. If you ask me who's going to be the best player of the three in over the next five years, I'm still might go JSN. Yeah. Um, and I think that there are some positive signs with JSN. We talk about like the bye week. We see increased usage. It's like a slow drip. Yeah. It's not quite what we want, but last week he – led Seattle in receiving yards. He catches a touchdown Yes, the week before he had. So it's he's trending up. He's just kind of handcuffed by his situation um, and the offense is, that he's in. But I think the second half of the season is going to tell a story of Jason. But I think that that's fair, where it's those three guys in a tier. You, all, you want exposure to all three of them. Um, and I think all three of them are going to be very, very good players long term. Um, so I'm, I'm big, big on that, on that group. Yeah. I think if you're holding like a, a Cooper cup or a Steph Diggs and you're not competing, you're not going to be a winning team, a fantasy team this year, dynasty team. I think pivoting to JSN is actually a, a, especially if the JSN team is a competitive team, I think they'd pay you the JSN plus to get yeah. to one of those guys because JSN somewhat disappointing. And that could look like a, an absolute heist in a year or two, right. Where you got this JSN, who's like a, a legit player plus for an aging, you know, player that, you know, who hopefully wins them the title or whatever, you know, God bless you. Right. But, you know, I think that's a good way to pivot off some of these older players, Devonte Adams, Steph Diggs, Cooper cup, because I think that, you know, cause if you're holding Addison and I'm competing, I'm like, well, I don't need Diggs for Addison. Addison's doing good for me. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. right. So it's like when you see a competitor with JSN, you can attack them 
and 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 say, hey man, you're really good. I'll, you know, you want to fucking win. Here's Diggs or you know Cup or whomever, right? Older player that that that's really performing this year. So that's a trade I've seen in a couple spots. It's a trade I've offered in a couple spots, and uh, a trade I'm actually working right now is a Diggs JSN and and, and some stuff around it. I like that. No, I like that a lot. Um, I have a bet with Billy Muzio that we made in the offseason where it was $350 bet on JSN. I had him finishing inside of the top 36 in the position, finishing as a wide receiver three. Yeah. Billy's been talking trash to me nonstop. <laughs> and he sends me all these Bobo texts <laughs> oh, shit. on Sunday, and then JSN gets the touchdown, and it made me feel so good. Yes. So, yes. you know – Second half of the year, I told him that, you know, my tune is now JSN's second half of the year is was always the thesis, and I just didn't frame it correctly. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of the thesis. The thesis also was injury. You know, you'd yeah. rather have it – obviously, you don't want any injuries, but you'd rather have it be Lockett for JSN, not DK, because DK really – they're going to put someone else out there. It's not like they're going to be like, all right, fucking JSN, head out to the X and see what you can do. That was never going to happen, so – in walks Bobo, who, by the way, another rookie who actually looks really good. He's old, though. Yeah. Well, he's, Bobo's yeah, old. Yeah. That's yeah. all right, buddy. So, like, yeah, it counts, I guess. But he's, he's old like 25. And white. He's yeah. weird and he's, he's got an old game. white guy. Yeah, I love yeah. him. I'm in. Let's go, Bobo. Um, he led them in snaps this past week. Yes. He, ran, he had more snaps uh, than any Seattle wide receiver. So, you know, like Pete Carroll uh, went with the the big, like, I, he's like 6'4". Yeah. So they they went like like for like size. Exactly. He's a different kind of six four than DK. Yeah, DK. You know, DK's a little bit more impressive looking. You think? But but <laughs> but Bobo. Uh, but Bobo. You know, he looked fine. Like, yeah. But if you're in a deep deep redraft league, um, like I wrote about Bobo in my uh, waiver wire column this week, and uh, I didn't think I'd ever be doing that. But you know, I wrote four sentences about Bobo. I'm never going to get that ten minutes back in my life. <laughs> Um, hey, before we move on, before we move on, speaking of uh, impressive looking wide receivers, is AJ Brown? I mean, what the fuck, dude? Is he so good right now, dude? Like AJ Brown, if you shit. if you go from week three on, he's wide receiver one overall. He's since week three on, he's been averaging nearly twenty six uh, PPR points per game. Yeah, it's insane. And you know, you talk about an offensive coordinator change, and also you talk about just Jalen Hurts being willing to just throw it up and go get it, AJ Brown. Yeah, why not? Where last year, I think there was a little bit more, a little bit more like game management from from Jalen Hurts in a sense, where he was distributing, being a little more balanced between the two wide receivers. This year, he's got eyes for AJ Brown. This yeah. is like the connection in football right now. Um, AJ Brown's maybe the league winner because you were drafting him yeah. at the end in redraft. Bottom of the first round, A.J. Brown. Um, people looked at that as kind of like a not a whole lot of upside pick because he last year he gets to 145 targets. And, you know, people were like, maybe that's kind of a cap target ceiling because Goddard missed some time last year. Um, and all, and Devonta Smith, um, you know, is this incredible target earner. So it's going to be, you know, just might as well wait a couple picks and take Devonta Smith in the second. That's been completely wrong. Devonta Smith is like a low end wide receiver too, and AJ Brown is maybe the best wide receiver in football. Um, and he did it head to head against Tyreek Hill, um, which I think was very very cool for everyone to see in prime time. So I, I got nothing but incredible things to say about AJ Brown. This is like it's kind of like 
somewhere in like the multiverse, yeah. AJ Brown would have landed on a team that that gave him 150 targets every year, and he didn't have those years in Tennessee where he was getting 108, 110 targets. Um, because you just see how good he is. He's on pace now to get like 180 plus targets. It's it's wild. 75 targets already through seven games for AJ Brown. It's it's wild. I uh, I will tell you, uh, AJ Brown on my Scott Fishbowl team. Just so you know. Uh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I went. I went. Uh, I went CMC. He's worked out. That was that felt good. Uh, I went Cup. That started to feel bad. And then I went AJ Brown, but now with all three of those guys healthy and going, and then of course I drafted Puka and Laporta, of course. And this A-Chain. is going to be and Chain. It's going to be the the worst the worst team I've had Come in on. the fishbowl. I started out with Travis Kelsey at the one on one, and then I went CD Lamb, Tony Pollard, mm, which has I, been like dude, complete purgatory. Yes, I want I, so. dude. I drafted AJ Brown over Pollard, and immediately was like, I think I fucked up. I told, I said I fucked up when I took Cup over Tyreek Hill, which actually probably was a fuck up, I guess, in some ways. But like both are fine. But like I was yeah. like, I, I, if I'd have gone Tyreek too, imagine if I'd have gone fucking CMC, Tyreek, and AJ Brown. Oh my god. Oh that would be incredible. Oh my but, god! Yeah, no, I'm, I'm first in the fucking thing. Jesus, unbelievable. I'm, I'm definitely rooting for you and you and the fishbowl. I hope you pull it off. Thanks, that would buddy. be a big, a big, amazing uh, finish for you. Billy Muzio got very, very high up, I believe, two years ago. Um, so I've known some people get close to it, yeah. but that would be a big, a big, big feather in your cap. I was talking to my, the, my league. You know, the guys in the league were you know group chat or whatever, and you know we're just chit chatting. And I was telling some of the guys, I'm like, you you have chance, you have a chance because like almost fifty percent of the 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 field makes the playoffs. You know, something like that. It's like yeah. fourteen hundred out of thirty three hundred or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like roughly forty or fifty percent of this league will make the playoffs. I said, so you all have a chance, and like, yeah, your team though, and whatnot. I'm like, actually. You'd almost rather go in a, not bad, but a little like scuffling, and because it's whoever's hot down, like it's, yeah. you know, you got to be hot in the playoffs. So if your team was hot early, it, I mean, unless it's a real juggernaut, it's it's going to be hard to imagine it stays hot the whole time. So um, you know, it is what it is, but it's fun as fuck. It's a great tournament. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, that's just it's just fun, you know, and and it's no, fun it's to interact very, very with everybody. Cool. It's fun. It's cool. Um, so, okay. So getting back to this, this class, um, after I totally agree with you, I think it's JSN, Addison and Zay. The question that I think is actually hard is who's next after that. Cause there's a lot of, a lot, cause I don't think it's Quentin Johnston anymore. I mean, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? So like, who do you think it is that's next after that, that threesome? This is a very, very difficult question. I think if if it was a pure talent where I could take any single player and put him in an ideal situation and have him get targets, it it would probably be Marvin Mims. Yeah. But to argue that the, to argue that it's Mims now when he's not producing anything, difficult. Like you can't do it. It's tough. Uh, as much as as much as even if you're the biggest Marvin Mims uh, fan, yeah, and and you really believe in his talent, it's just not happening this year. Not with Sean Payton. Um, now, a week from now, if the trade deadline goes how we think and potentially a Sutton or a Judy gets moved, then maybe you have a path where a week from now we're like, okay, Mims played 56% of snaps and his trajectory is pointing up. But yeah. right now, I've seen a lot of really, really good things from Josh Downs. There it is. And I want to say Josh Downs. It's so close. Um, I, I but, love that answer, though. It's really got to be close to Josh Downs if it isn't. So keep going. I just love that answer. So it's 
Josh Downs has done the most. Yes. Tank Dell could have been there if he didn't get hurt. Yep, I have them back to back. And I'll say you have to throw Rashi Rice in there because of the situation mm. he's in with Mahomes. So I'm going to probably go in a vacuum. A few weeks back, I said Tank Dell was the best third-round pick since Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin. But I think Downs is is it. Downs is, has been able to produce in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> and the guys like Josh Downs hold value for a long time because he's a, can win in the slot. Yes. And he also has big play ability Bingo. as a slot receiver. Yeah. And he's also in a in a situation where I think they really believe in him. Michael Pittman is 26 years old and playing fantastic. But short term, Josh Downs is going to be the number two target in a in a Minshew offense rest of the season. I said, I think that Josh Downs is a wide receiver three for the rest of the seasons. I think he'll be a top 36 wide receiver rest away. So you'll have that year one production. He'll have momentum heading into year two. He is a guy that Anthony Richardson apparently has a bond with. So there's not a whole lot to to not like about Josh Downs. Um, and he was a mega producer in college. Bingo. So there's a lot of bo- a lot of boxes get checked off for Josh Downs. Yeah, his his college profile, if you know, if we didn't have NFL production, was certainly stronger than Tank Dell and Rashi yeah. Rice for that matter. Um I, and at a better at a better level of college football bingo. play than those two guys. Yeah. Now we have to shift to well, we've seen them both perform at the at the at the NFL level. So that's why I think Downs and Dell are the are the answers for me. Although I do believe I would I would I would rather have Marvin Mims than Rashi Rice. I, I don't agree with the Rashi Rice take. Here's my my subtle take on Rashi. I think he is the wide receiver to own in Kansas City. I think he's basically the only wide receiver there with a pulse. You know, I've, I've said cadavers, you know, dead to me. I mean, he's a gimmick player. He's never going to be a real boy. Pinocchio's, you know, dead there. Um, you know, Justin Ross, my God, dude, what the fuck? Did you yeah, not, Justin- a, not a good, not a good off the field uh, news for Justin Ross. Like, honestly, pour it all the fucking way out for Justin Ross. I think I'll be dropping him in many leagues. Like, not because of a moral stance, but like yeah. that, you know, if you're dragging your girlfriend around the apartment by her hair, you might not have a future in the NFL. I just, it's a fucking thing, you know. You might not want to be a guy who's suffered catastrophic injuries, who's an undrafted free agent doing that either. Exactly. That's right. Yes. Like, I, yes. You know. Yes. Yeah. I said something like, uh, uh, my, I, you, I think you may have seen the tweet. Uh, maybe because, maybe the reason he's not playing is because yeah. he's an asshole. And someone's like, oh, there's lots of assholes. And like, yeah, they're not all fucking. Yeah, what you just said, you know, fucking undrafted guys yeah. barely playing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, he's 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 fragile. The other guy, uh, Jalen Hyatt, but I think in, in and we're going to get to him. But the the um, the the Kansas City wide receivers, I think, are all kind of dog shit, right? MVS, you know, yeah, he has some, he's got a big plays like in a best ball league. You know, MVS scored for you this week, but you can't see it coming. You can never put him into a managed lineup because it's going to be like zero 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 zero. 15 that's that's his stat line for the year and you never know when the 15 or 20 is coming he's a bum so i think rashi is good but here was my take if rashi were really good theo i think he'd have been better already especially on a on a on a you know efficiency basis like if marvin mims were getting the rashi rice you know snaps in kansas city don't you think he'd be doing a little bit more with them oh a million percent yeah i i I think talent wise you can't it's it absolutely would be Marvin Mims. It's not even close for me. Um, but so, at the so end that's of the what day, splits it for me because, like, 
the, the situations will change, and I would think that Marvin will eventually get on the field and be a better player. So, therefore, in Dynasty, I'd prefer him because at this point, you're not starting either guy. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I di- so, Marvin Mims is also like – I have so much Marvin Mims. Me too. He's one of my most exposed guys. Yeah. I moved one Marvin Mims share uh, last week in a FFPC Rotoviz Triflex format, which actually favors the wide receiver. I had a very deep wide receiver team, loaded team. And I moved Marvin Mims and a 2024 third to get Isaiah Pacheco because mm. I need another running back and I and I don't have enough Pacheco. So I'm not like getting off of Marvin Mims, but I do think it's it, my my idea with Marvin Mims was I thought that there was no way that he wouldn't make an impact for me in year one. Right. And I it it disappointingly, you have to say that there's a chance that he doesn't make any impact to your one. It's definitely possible. I mean, we drafted him, or at least I drafted him, thinking that was the case, especially when, you know, Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton were all there, and you're like, okay, yeah. Dulcich was alive. Um, you know, so you say, okay, well, then this is going to be tough. And then Dulcich goes down. Patrick obviously goes down. Judy is not any good at football. And C- Cortland Sutton is Cortland Sutton. And you're like, Okay, well, this ought to be fucking awesome. Just give him seventy percent, you know, snap share, and this motherfucker is going to go off. And no, that has not been what ha- what's what's happened. Now, I don't know if this is. I don't know what this is. If this is one of those situations where it's like they're just sort of taking it slow with him, or Peyton, I think, is punishing him. Not to interrupt you, no, but I think Sean Payton interrupt. Punished. It's the Jets game. Hmm. The Jets game was a game that they were going to win, and Marvin Mims had two big fumbles. Yeah. And Sean Payton's like this old school dude, and he already wasn't really trusting Marvin Mims with like a huge amount of snaps. And after that, it's been downhill. Mm. So it's terrible process from the coaching staff. Like they don't have enough talent that they can do that. No. Um, and it's certainly like a big F you to all of us fantasy football Fuck managers. Yeah, man. And and, and that, just as a Marvin Mims fan, like a football fan. Yeah. I'm like, like if you're playing the video game, if <laughs> I love doing this, if you're playing Madden. Fucking Mims is running some deep routes on that motherfucker, right? Like you know, you you can just see it. You're like, dude, fucking Mims right there. If they go, if the if the safety is not, like, you're just I'm ready to hit Mims on a fucking deep one. You know, he's like, a stud. Mims, yes. Mims is a stud. Yeah, I love. Like, he puts so much um, pressure on the defense because not only is he fast, but he's also a, a great. You know, uh, he, he goes up and gets it. You know, he's got a great catch radius. He goes up and makes plays. Like he's done that on film in the NFL. So and, and then he's you know returning fucking kicks and shit like he's clearly an athlete with the ball in his hand at this at this level. I mean, yeah, to see him score negative on a bullshit end around or whatever it was, you know, it's just it's painful just to watch this, you know. Yeah, but I think you make a great point on if you're not contending this year, offer your Rasheed Rice and yeah. get Marvin Mims plus. I think that's a great pivot. Yeah, I think Mims is a buy low right now because I think some people are like, you know, you know how the dynasty crew is. It's very fickle nowadays. And, yeah. you know, if he's not scoring, he had the negative, and it, it just sucks. So it's you're, you're, you're emotional little bitches in your league. Like, no, I don't like Marvin Mims anymore. You know, just go take him, you know, and yeah. and, uh, and I think that's a great buy. Um, so I, th- I, I think it's Mims still right there with Downs and Dell, if not ahead. I mean, it's he's right there for me. The other group is like the Michael Wilson, Jaden Reed. Um, am I forgetting anybody in that group? Rashi, if you like him. I think that's about I think it in that group. That's about – yeah, that's about it for that group. And I think it's kind of like uh, Rashi might be in his own little mini tier just because of the quality of the situation for me. Yeah. 
because you know you know we talk about like talent and situations change yeah but as long as you're in kansas city and you're attached to patrick mahomes he's got a chance to return you know wide receiver three value for a long time in his career and even if they add a proper alpha um and obviously the alpha is travis kelsey i mean kelsey's playing insane especially the last two weeks but even if they add an upgraded wide receiver one year two rashi rice yeah. is going to be the kind of guy you you're pretty uh you know you're you feel okay about putting in your flex you would think yeah i agree yeah you would, you would think. think so i agree he's pretty insulated the other guy um, but those the other guy for me right other after guys that, are yeah, cool. right after right after that for me is like jalen hyatt has to be mentioned because you know he was a look he was you know i heard uh dwayne mcfarlane and ian Hardick's talking about him a little bit and it's like he's starting to come on he, you know, Lance Zerline, you know, thought he was a first round talent. There was a lot of people who thought he was talented. There was a few people who sort of mocked him because of the offense he came from in Tennessee, where it was a little bit, you know, schemed and put together. But the dude has also kind of performed on a per, you know, per snap basis thus far on a team that nobody has really performed on a per snap basis at the wide receiver position. So that certainly speaks to his talent potentially. Uh, he certainly has speed. He's young. He's frisky. He's got some draft capital. He's starting to play. You know, Jalen Hyatt could be a little something, something. Jalen Hyatt is explosive and he's, you know, again, a third from this third round. Yeah. Um, he was a four, four flat guy at the combine. But if you will remember, we all thought he was going to be like a four, three, two guy, right. a four, three, three guy. And the field, the field um, speed is good. Yeah. And he flashes on field. Um, all of the giants have made a point about talking about how good he had was in the preseason um, you know, you hear like Tyrod Taylor, not, not even when Tyrod Taylor was starting, I read an interview with Tyrod Taylor where he was specifically talking about how Jalen Hyatt's going to help the team this year and make plays. And also, you know, I think the giants have a plan for him. You're starting to see it. He had a season high five targets this past week. Um, I had him very high up in my waiver wire, uh, rankings. Cause I think he's attainable in a lot of redraft leagues. And I think the trajectory is definitely pointing up. Like we wanted Wandell Robinson to be a thing, it's just it's just not happening. The yeah. ceiling is too low, yes. um, and there's nothing else there. It's Darren Waller, Saquon Barkley, and then there's an opportunity for one other giant. I think over the second half of the year, when you see Jalen Hyatt start getting into like that seven to eight target range, yes, then he becomes very very fun because. Yes. He can really, really go, and yes. he can make really, really big plays. That's so, the key. That's the key yeah. is that if you are able to attain Hyatt or if you have – you know, I, I put him on the block in one league. It was funny too because I put him on the block and I was like – literally moments later, I was like, actually, fuck off. He's not available. He's going off this week and everybody laughed at the – you know, because it was right before this past week. And I'm like, dude, he's bound to like make a gigantic play. And so when you see that, if he, if he goes out and has a, you know – eight target game where he has five catches for 122 and two touchdowns or something, you know, it's like, which is in the realm of possibility for this guy to take it over the top or something. He's his value is going to skyrocket, right? It's like, Oh wait, he, this is the breakout. You know, everybody's going to be. So I think he has that sort of asymmetrical value pop because of his big play opportunity. And if he, if you were to see that in the next couple of weeks, you know, he's a guy that you can maybe buy low, sell high in the, it, it, you know, in a short term sort of profit, um, or if you just like him, I mean, I, I think he's a little bit of that, like, uh, you know, the, the MVS Robbie Anderson type player where it's like, maybe he's just not a guy who's going to ever be a high volume target guy, 
but it's possible that he's a bit more than those guys. And he's, he's something that, you know, maybe he can see enough target share where he can actually, the big plays aren't the only thing of value or he still has a floor. I would say he's kind of like a Rashid Shahid. Mm. So a level up from those guys yes. Um, in terms of like, you're starting to see Rashid Shahid this year getting more and more touches. Yeah. Um, and again, he doesn't have the target competition around him True. like a Rashid Shahid has. So I'm a, pretty intrigued by Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of us were down on him in the draft process last year. I know we were at Player Profiler. Yeah, me too. Um, but I'm willing to change my tune. Yeah. Um, he looks good and he can get open deep and they're willing to throw him the ball and he looks explosive on an NFL field. So. Let's go Jalen Hyatt. Let's go Jess. Last one. Last one. We're not going to talk about Bobo. We're not going to do it. But Don't do it. No, Don't we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. But actually, the guy who I think has been a buy all season, we haven't really had an opportunity to talk about him on the show, is Pop Douglas. You know, the the, the, the kid in uh, New England, you know, we'll certainly let him walk just like we did with Jacoby Myers and, and you know, sign some, you know, dusty vet in a couple of years. But – Pop Douglas, I think, is the real deal. I think he's actually a good little player, and he's the perfect – look, he's in that sort of Josh Downs, Tank Dell mold. It's small guy, but super shifty and explosive. Um, you know, he got punished for fumbling and then got a concussion, and he's been out. And, you know, I think if he'd have just sort of been playing from 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 the get, he's a target earner, especially for a team that doesn't have, you know, the time to throw it downfield. I, I really like this Pop Douglas. So he was always a good, very good special teams player too, yeah. and came from a smaller school. Um, he was a Liberty Liberty player, but like he's the kind of guy. I followed him in the preseason, and it kind of made sense for New England to get him going. And then there was like some internal, like the beat reporters, the fans. Let's get him more involved. I'm always kind of intrigued by those kind of guys. Um, but he's small. Yeah. But they're also using him on like manufactured rushing attempts. Yep. He had a 20 yard rush this past week um, and he gets a 20% target share and they have some pretty decent matchups coming up. They have Washington coming up uh, Miami this week. The game flow could, could prop him up and it's pretty much Kendrick Bourne and that's it. So new England needs more weapons on offense besides obviously Ramondre Stevenson and then Kendrick Bourne who's playing out of his mind. Yeah. Um, but pop Douglas, unless Bill Belichick gets like super cute, and views this guy as more of a role player, then I think Pop Douglas needs to be a waiver wire priority for you if you have Wednesday night waivers this week. Bo- like I had yeah. him in my top 10 of my waivers. Yes. Um, you know, he's a guy in the redraft that I think could be super interesting in the second half of the year. It's those rushing attempts that kind of get me excited for him because he looks really good with the ball in his hands. And if he's going to get manufactured uh, touches, I'll say this, like Tyquan Thornton has completely fallen off yes. the face of the earth. Yep. But you did have a couple of games last year where they've manufactured rushing attempts for Thornton and he was able to do very, very well. Yeah. So you could see that with Douglas. I just think I just think that Kendrick Bourne and Pop Douglas are the actual two best wide receivers on that team. And and I I don't even think that's like a hot take. Like no, Tyquan's Ty not good. Juju is dust. Um, you know, which is sad or whatever. I don't know. Fucking but he's it, done. That's not that sad. Not that no, sad. No, but I mean it's like it's done. It's overdone, done. And, um, and and Parker, I mean, he's kind of a bum, really, is what he is. 
you know, even his answer after he dropped that pass, like he didn't have any accountability. He's like, yeah, it maybe touched my fingertips. It's like, dude, you're a fucking loser. Like, that's a loser answer. I mean, it was just really embarrassing. First of all, bail out your fucking douchebag quarterback, and he is a douchebag. Just bail him out, you know, and just be like, yeah, I dropped it. It's on me. Like, and then people are like, dude, that 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 guy's a dog. And so he's like, yeah. You know, maybe it touched me. It's like, what the fuck, bro? So yeah. he's a loser. But, you know, keep him at the X. And and then, you know, Douglas and and Bourne, you know, for all the, the, the volume touches, it's like, God, these guys are open. Yeah, they're open. No, for sure. Yeah, and it's just a – like, also you saw Douglas get this increased usage and they have their biggest win of the season. They beat their rivals and the Bills. Yeah. Like, it all, it's all coming together. <laughs> he's got the momentum right now. So – yeah, I'm I'm super interested in uh in Douglas. Like yeah. I play a lot of FFPC Dynasty where he's he's available yeah. in a bunch of these FFPC yes. Dynasty leagues. I'm going to try to add him in a lot of places. I did have him in a, in a number of other like deeper Dynasty formats though. Yeah. I've got him stashed and, uh, on a number of taxes yeah. for sure, yeah. yeah. All right, man. So, here's some sad news. How bad is it? We're going to move off the off the wide receivers. How bad is it for Deshaun Watson? I mean, I, you know, it's like, is he hurt? Is he is he still like in legal trouble? Is he any good anymore? Like, there's a lot of questions that the answers we may not want to hear the answers if we if we had a magic eight ball. If you're holding uh, Deshaun Watson in Dynasty, it's it's pretty ugly. I I have a couple questions, but how bad is it? Do you think? It's really, 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 really bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the quality of the play is not there. Yeah. In, he's injured. Um, you obviously had the off the field stuff last year. But I will say this. There's sort of a sky is falling like reaction. But at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson will be a starting quarterback next year for the Cleveland Browns. Yep. And you can't say that about a lot of these other like kind of middling quarterbacks. Um, yeah. Especially from a dynasty perspective. Yep. So the one thing that Deshaun Watson has is more long-term um more long-term insulation yeah. than I think a lot of fantasy managers would would realize. Like they can't move off of him. They can move off of the head coach. Yeah. Um and they might do that. They it might, might have be to. not like, yeah, they might, might have to not play him and pay him. That's actually in the cards. Like that's what they're doing right now. Like I don't know, man. Like it, He's is he hurt? Is he hurt, or is he I think like? He is, is, I think he is hurt. Okay, okay. He doesn't look right, and uh, you know, I think there is a shoulder injury okay. now. How injured it is, I don't know. Okay, um, but I don't think it's like a bruised <sighs> ego thing, and they're just saying shoulder. Okay, okay, all right, well, all right. Well, shoulders—that's part of the throwing thing, isn't it? Yeah, you use that to it's the, not good. Yeah, oh, okay, it's bad. Yeah, like yeah. All right, ready. In Dynasty, Kirk Cousins or Deshaun Watson? Kirk Cousins. Yeah, easy for me right now. Geno Smith. Not even a question. Geno Smith. <sighs> right. Gosh. Yeah. I'm might I might go Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But it's 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 very, very close. Very close. Uh Jared Goff. Oh man, I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah. Um I'm going to go Jared Goff. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay. Jared Goff's in a better offense. He's going to start next year. I have no, no, I, like there's nothing in the back of my mind saying Jared Goff is not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year. Like that's a really good litmus test one. Yeah. Okay. Here's one. Bryce Young. You got to go Bryce Young. Yeah. So Bryce Young doesn't have the ceiling of a Deshaun Watson, but Bryce Young is going to be a long-term starter in this, in the league. So if it's super flex, 
like these kind of quarterback questions are, then it's Bryce Young. Even though he's a cap ceiling player, um, I don't have anything to worry about with Bryce Young in terms of him like losing his job. These number one picks, like how many chances has Baker Mayfield gotten? Yeah. Um, like Bryce Young will be a starting quarterback in five years. I have no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, then it's guys like like you can't you can't prefer Stafford or Carr or Russell Wilson or anybody like no, that. No, you can't. Right? You can't. They're just Mac Jones or Pickett, you can't prefer any of those guys. No. Right? Ritter, you can't. No, no, none um, of them, right? So really he's I, that puts Deshaun Watson give or take quarterback 18 or 19 somewhere in there in dynasty cuz clearly he's behind Purdy. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, well behind Purdy. Yeah. Behind Purdy. Yeah, I was going to say his cut his yeah. cutoff lines quarterback 20. Yeah. You really can't honestly rank him below quarterback 20 right despite the incredible uh incredibly poor performance you've seen over the last two years yeah it's, it's wild it's wild <laughs> yeah it's really wild yeah okay i mean he still possesses upside right Bean yes. counter would love him he loves Bean, that upside. Bean counter Bean counters looking for that quentin johnson deshaun, deshaun watson, watson stack. starting lineup yeah just, the stack maybe they'll trade him i don't know he goes somewhere yeah it's good that's a stack to to, to play in dynasty because the upside unknown upside unknown upside unknown upside uh, he does still have that, Deshaun does, but um, at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know. All right, so you know, you you guys were doing something on the on the um, Sonic Truth podcast, and it was one of those things. That, it's the thing where I say I always want to do on this show, which is when you're having the conversation as a listener, you just want to fucking get in there. You're like, let me have my chance to talk. And you guys were talking about the quarterbacks, and I swear I was itching to get in there. So I'm going to have it a little bit with you, if that's okay. Sure. Yes. Yes. Go for it. So, okay, I think we all agree right now, you know, the God tier. And the God tier is like Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. Any, yes. Anybody else you'd like to add to that? Because there may be one that I'd like to consider. Well, does Lamar Jackson touch the God tier? He touches of it. His con- yeah, he's, yeah, he touches it. He touches it if he doesn't, if he's not in it. He feels like he might be in it. Yeah, Lamar Jackson Close. might be in it. And I'll, and I'll say that I don't want to say Justin Herbert's in it, but he's, he's not close. He's, he's he's quarterback five, and I think that that's close enough. It's close. Um, I think I think but, we can make a case for God tier. Lamar is the is the you know he's the gatekeeper. Okay. Yeah. Be, and so because Hurts Allen, I mean Allen, just you know, even when he's bad, he's good. You know, it's like so good. So and Mahomes is going nowhere, and he's going to be great forever. And it's just like it's just so secure. He's what is that? A government bond? You know what I mean? Whatever it is like a T bill. Yeah, he's fucking as steady and secure as it could possibly be. He, he he'll break his knee and just pop it back in. You remember when he did that in the playoff game? He's like, yeah, just fucking put that thing back. And he's like, all right, I'm good. So he's amazing. Um, Lamar. I agree. Okay, so that's the top four. From there, you did say that Justin Herbert is quarterback five. Okay. I'm okay with that. As a matter of fact, I don't even disagree with it necessarily. I'm just saying from that, from from Justin Herbert, there's there's a there's questions I have, is all I'm saying. Even with Herbert, man, it's like that team is so dysfunctional. You know, we, we talked last week, when do the Chargers not charger? They charger all the time. They're just constantly chargering. And I, I just don't know what to make of that team. And and Justin Herbert's stuck in it. Well, Justin Herbert has given you a QB2 overall season True. You know, as a young quarterback. So we've seen the immense upside. You know, we've seen him pass for nearly 40 touchdowns. 
Um, I'd like to think that a lot of that is like a, a the dysfunction is the head coach. Mm. I think he's been very handcuffed by having to play under Brandon Staley. It's just it's just ugly. But I do think to me, he's it. He's quarterback five. Um, I can't think of anybody who I'd rather have than him below him as kind of like a, a litmus test for me. Like if Anthony Richardson didn't get hurt already and like Anthony Richardson played the entire season, then I think Anthony Richardson, you could make an argument for that. But the that, fact that, that he already is, he's already hurt. That's my guy. But Anthony Richardson was the guy I was having a hard time with where you guys were shoving him around in, in the conversation. I felt like, you know, we just had forgotten that he looks so good. He looks so NFL ready for a kid that we said was not going to be NFL ready. He was physically imposing, and we're blaming him for getting a concussion and for two 300-pound guys laying on his shoulder and popping it out. Like, I don't know, is that is that bad luck, or is he now injury-prone because he got injured? You know, I think it just – I don't think he's injury-prone. He's a 6'4", 250-pound dude. I think he's going to be fine. I mean, you know, you guys made the RG3 thing. I didn't like any of that. I just that want to was push my, – That was my argument. I want to and push just, back well, against that, yeah, and I love you. Yeah. You know, that, that that was just the yeah, one yeah. where I was like, hey, hold on a minute. You know, RG3 got thrown out. He got malpracticed. Like, RG3 yes. might have been able to continue to play if they just would have – allowed him to do so and not put him back in that game because that was tough to watch that was that was like an Alex Smith moment you know watching him go out there and just fucking you know run on a gimpy leg I just think that Anthony Richardson has to be considered at quarterback six in dynasty because of all the upside and look I get it you're not going to get any production this season but start of next season you're telling me you're going to pick like we're doing a we're doing a startup draft in August or excuse me, in, in, in the spring, you're telling me that Anthony Richardson isn't going to be kind of almost locked into QB6, uh, you know, ADP? You make a very good point. Thank and you. I'll say that the difference is the, for Anthony Richardson to leave like three games, though. Yeah. Like he's got to, that's part of it. Part of his game's got to become better mentally in terms of he's so physical, he's so fast, he's such a, a, a talented runner. But he's got to be able to avoid getting hit yep. and being able to, to stay in games. No doubt. And I think that the, the, the fact that he's doing that as a 21-year-old who didn't start a ton of college games is better than if it was like some 23-year-old who was like a four-year guy and all of a sudden we we're, he's doing the same thing. Right. And my whole thing was with uh, RG3 was at a dynamic fantasy talent who puts up huge fantasy numbers and then has his career cut short sure. because of getting hits and these scrambling quarterbacks need to be able to protect themselves. But devil's advocate against my comments was Richardson. Again, he'll be 22 next season. Yep. And it's not like this, that he's, he's the season ends for him on a knee injury um, or some catastrophic, you know, ankle thing. It ends on a shoulder injury. Yep. You got to think that this is going to be something he'll overcome. Yep. I mean, yes. and again, I think that a lot of it, a lot of it, when we get to this level of, below Lamar um, or Herbert, if you want to throw him in there, it's, it's kind of semantics because I think that Richardson could be there. But like, if you tell me a Joe Burrow versus Anthony Richardson versus CJ Stroud, like we can have a conversation. And I think that the range of outcomes, a number of scenarios could happen where there's not like somebody's going to be like, so, so right. Yes. Um, But I'll say if you play for upside, 
and you're trying to get a guy that can finish as QB1 overall that's not in the God tier, Richardson's definitely right there. Right. Like there's few guys. Yeah. So that's that's my point, see, right? So in the in the ceiling outcome, and and he's also secure as can be. Like they're not gonna be they're not thinking about mm, million percent. Right. They're not thinking about anything. They're like, yeah, yeah, no, he's he's the guy. He also yeah. will in you know, Michael Pittman, Josh Downs on year two, like Jonathan Taylor locked in. You know, who knows what they do in the draft? Can they get some offensive line? You know, can they they can put some stuff around? They don't need to go spend on on skill positions. They might get one. Who knows? Right. Um, So that team could look really, really dangerous next year. He'll be healthy. He'll be in year two. He'll have the whole camp to come in and, you know, do all the things that you're asking him to do, which, of course, he needs to do. And you would think Shane Steichen smart enough to teach him and help him and get there. I don't think there's I just think there's a lot of infrastructure around him that's going to get him where you say you want him to go. I don't know. You know, I get that. Obviously, we're playing for this year, too. So he's going to score you checks notes. Zero fucking fantasy points this year. So that part, you could make the argument. I feel like that part, you could say, hey, look, I would rather have Joe Burrow because he's at least going to help me win this year. And it's like, well, that I can't argue with. But any of the other stuff, I just I think it's kind of just bad luck. And we're going to see starting next year. There's going to be no thought of like, is his shoulder okay? Is he going to get hurt? I don't think any of that's going to be like a real concern of ours. I think it's going to, I mean, shit, it's always a concern. I, I watched Lamar Jackson play and I'm like, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt. Jalen Hurts, he kind of like scrambled the other, uh, this past week and like he, he just fell down and took the sack and I was like, and he kind of got up slow and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. right? Like, you know, these guys are all you know, could get hurt, right? So when when Jordan Addison had a hurt hurt foot on the sideline, yeah, I nearly threw up. Right. I nearly threw up. Yeah, these injuries, man, they can come for anybody. And I think they're more irregular than anything. I think certainly Anthony Richardson's were to some degree. I mean, you know, yes, he does need to protect himself. I think he thinks, you know, obviously in college, I think he probably was like a man among boys in a little more of a, a certain way. And maybe he needs to kind of understand to protect himself a little bit better hopefully he can learn that I, he is a student of the game he has by all accounts shown that ability so for me it's very very hard not to have anthony richardson right there with what i've seen of him and the upside right obviously if there was no points for rushing he'd be way the fuck down who cares what shit, right? but you do yeah. get points for the rushing you know yeah yeah no big time big yeah. time all right so there we go we said it and i think that the, the group of like lawrence burrow Tua, stroud i think that's a group Yes. Those are those are like those are guys that like I can't untangle them so much. Um it's hard to untangle them. I just think that there's those are four four guys in a in a tier. Do you agree with that? Yes. And I'll I will say that that's that's four guys in a group. And I'll say that the next few weeks are going to be tilting <laughs> because Kyler Murray comes back. Yes. And we also need to see Justin Fields yes. when he comes back. Correct. So like those two guys have like the huge range of outcomes. Yes. Like I believe was was that me and you in a startup draft discussion where I took Kyler Murray and and I I'm not I don't remember it could have been Memphis mm. um but there was this summer where we did a startup draft and uh I took Kyler Murray and and I got kind of like roasted a little bit about how he's not going to come back but I think the fact that he's coming back this quickly yeah where six weeks ago we would have maybe guessed that he didn't play a down this season right um I'm optimistic for Kyler Murray yes. we've never seen him finish below quarterback 11 on the year in points per game in his entire career last year he was quarterback seven and last year was like a down year everybody's kind of disappointed and yep. he's still quarterback seven because he makes shit happen on a football field 
uh, in fantasy. And I think that this offensive scheme uh, where Josh Dobbs has had all these games of over 40 rushing yards and we like the way Hollywood Brown looks. We talked about Michael Wilson. Like, I think Kyler Murray could come back and kind of quickly rise back into our discussion for this like top eight in in dynasty i really do i think that he's got he's got a lot of a lot of a lot of interesting things going on there in arizona yeah so i love the way you just said so if we have mahomes allen hurts lamar and then just herbert let's just say those five anthony richardson whatever but then we have this sort of group this lawrence burrow Tua, stroud i would say and I, i love the way you think if we just turn the dials on how we're playing uh fantasy football and we go from safety to ceiling like you know high risk like turn up the dials on high risk you would take fields and kyler and put them up ahead of anthony richardson right behind herbert you know because for ceiling it's like no no no. kyler murray is going to outscore all those other four dudes you know if he hits his ceiling because he's got the rushing and the thing and whatnot and same thing with fields the questions that surround those two players are what hold them down not the answers right it's the questions not the answers right yeah no i think that's a great way of putting it Fields, I almost think it's a I think it's almost a given at this point he'll be on a different team next year. I really think that Chicago is gonna pivot off of him this offseason. And I think that's not necessarily the worst thing. No, I agree. Uh, like getting away from Eberflus potentially, like I think that the that the dream outcome I've been saying this. I Justin heard you Fields, say it. I I almost wanted you to fucking shout me out because I've been saying it so much. Say it. You're you were all on this one, but he's a Georgia native. Yes. They took Kyle Pitts over him, Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, during the draft, yes. they were kind of linked to Justin Fields as a Matt Ryan replacement. They chose to go with Kyle Pitts, but you get the idea of Justin Fields going to his home state, playing eight games inside, um, and having this very, very strong talent around him and a defense. Yes. And Atlanta also is going to price themselves out of being able to draft some of these elite quarterbacks in this in this draft. So it's like do you want to kind of take like, you know, a quarterback at like 19th overall, or do you want to just go and get like Justin Fields? And I think that the, the Justin Fields pivoting to the Atlanta Falcons would be like the greatest thing for his career. Yes. It would be a great thing for Atlanta. It would be super exciting for us as fantasy managers. Um, so I think that there's a chance that that, that pivot comes where it's a much better situation for Fields. And I think that this Chicago coaching staff with Lieberfluss has been like a like a joke, complete joke. Yes. And Fields has also had to go through multiple offensive coordinator changes in his career. So I think him moving on to a different team, we've seen this incredible fantasy production in stretches and in certain games. I think he'll settle into a range in Dynasty like kind of where we have him now. Yeah. I think he's probably probably was always a little closer to quarterback 10 than he was this summer where, you know, you get really excited about the GM Moore edition um, and you you have these like ideas that Justin Fields could be a top five dynasty quarterback. I just don't think he's going to reach that, but I think he'll be a really impactful fantasy quarterback for a few years at least unless, you know, injuries catch up to him. Yeah, you get the Arthur Smith, run the football, Bijan Robinson, the weapons there. I mean, even, you know, it's like, it's like, um, you just see it happen. I mean, he's got these big yeah. targets. I would, I would just love for them to add one speed receiver to that. Get, and, get a Josh Downs type. Yeah, or I mean, yeah, any any sort of somewhat talented outside speed receiver just to create. 
I mean, do you realize the pressure that would be put on a defense if they had Justin Fields and one, you know, Jalen Hyatt type of player on the outside? Like, I mean, you'd be stretched in so many ways because you look at Bijan, you're like, oh, shit, he can do a lot of stuff. He can come out of the backfield and catch the ball. They can run the football at any down. They have a very creative running attack. They have Pitts, a matchup nightmare. Drake London, an absolute target hog. And, you know, I think that you could see – um, you know, Fields targeting Drake London like he targets DJ Moore just over and over and over again. And and then, of course, Fields to run the football. And just the way that I think a creative, you know, and, and we give Arthur Smith a lot of a lot of shit. But first of all, his quarterback is fucking Desmond Ritter. And yeah. everybody's like, come on, man, throw it all over the place. Like, probably not a fucking good idea, you know? So as much shit as we – I don't give Arthur Smith, Smith that much shit because ultimately his job is to win football games and – you know, he's kind of doing that. You know, he's kind of winning football games. So that's he's doing a fucking good job as far as I'm concerned. And so we just have to deal with the the shrapnel that that he creates with the way that he wins football games. Not criticize him because criticizing him, you sound like an idiot. It's like, dude, do this other thing. You know, it's like, no, no, no. He's doing what he's doing. It just sucks for fantasy, is the way I sort of see that. But I think if you, I like to I like to criticize Arthur. Yeah, it's fine. I'll be I'll be the idiot in this situation. Do you, be, do you, uh, you but know. you don't. But seriously, like, what do you really want him to do? Like, step back and shotgun and just fucking sling it around with Ritter? Like, that's a losing. No, fuck. but I wanted him. I wanted him to have the targets that were going to Johnu Smith. Sure. Go to Kyle Pitts. Sure. That and Drake London. <laughs> so I'll get. I'll take. The, I'll take that one. Just. 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 You know. I, <laughs> you know. I love. And he's got. He's that's got this. Funny. This like this bromance with Johnu Smith. Where like that was his guy. But we love Johnu. Um, Remember when we thought he was we do, good? We do love. Remember? Hey, listen, we love Johnu. And Johnu was, was like his guy in Tennessee. Oh, it's so funny. And they're both last names Smith. Yes. And now he comes his over brother. there. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's his guy. Yeah. It's his guy. That's his so, guy. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, it's like, you know, it, it, there's just certain things that you're like, oh, look, of course I would want him to throw it more to Kyle Pitts. If it, 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 Pitts is unbelievable. But, you know, again, the, the tight end position is always funny that way. So anyway, I think that's – I think, look, Justin Fields in Atlanta is like literally – it's captivating. It's captivating. Yeah. It really is. And then after that, there's a bunch of guys. And I think you could even make a case for after the the Fields Murray. You know, of course, you can move uh, Murray up. Feel free. I've, I've heard this from many people. I have no issue. I feel like you can move him up as high as quarterback five in there with Justin Herbert, and you're not crazy. I don't agree with it, but I, I also see that. So, you know, a lot of times we put out our rankings and people have a lot to say. I would just say, like, when you're having the nuanced take, Allow yourself to gain profit in those in, in that top twelve. I think the twelve is is a tier. You know, if Fields is a, is a, is a lottery ticket, and I think you can buy low. So if you feel like Fields is going to be fine eventually, you know he's he's a buy. If you are really scared, I think it's still a good time to sell him because he's still worth something. So, uh, but after that, you get you get the guys like you know it's basically Dak, Purdy, Cousins, Geno, Goff, just guys that score your points, but and still have a a fairly decent future. I think Dak is probably the the gatekeeper of that group, along with probably Purdy. I guess um, I like the Purdy. I like you know we move Purdy up. Yeah, and I think Purdy's interesting because Purdy's given us four QB one weeks this this year. Yep, he's got the quality of the of the offense around him. Shanahan believes in him, and also you've got the fact that San Francisco can pay him this dirt cheap contract. Yeah. So like they don't have any incentive to move off of Purdy. Right. Um so for me, I'm taking Purdy ahead of Dak. That's fair. Um and I'm doing it fairly confidently. Yeah. I think to me like 
it's a it's a drop from Fields to Purdy. Yes, but I think you can make an argument that Purdy's like QB thirteen. Yep ish in dynasty right i have met 14 that right there with dak and if you said if we were in a startup and you're like let's just take purdy i'd be like okay you know right either way that's fine i think purdy's younger and yeah it's fine i think he's insulated i think he will eventually get a contract what kind who cares but he'll get one but at this point you're right he's insulated by his contract being so small and eventually he'll be interested (laughs) you know insulated with a with a bigger one you know but he is you're right he's insulated because he's free 99 and and they love him and and he's a good player man he's he's a good quarterback He's good. You know, I don't think he's as good as like Kirk Cousins in real life. You know, I think Cousins is a better football player quarterback, but it doesn't really matter, you know, because yeah. he's still going to be playing for that that great San Francisco team. And uh, that that helps him. So um, and Cousins is like 40 years old. So but Cousins, man, what a fucking performance this past week. And, you know, he's been he's been found money in, in, in Dynasty Superflex leagues for I don't know how long. And he has some big weeks, but he's just he is just. Right on the right on the cusp of quarterback one every single year for like the last like almost ten years. Yeah, and I almost think Kirk Cousins is, is still a dynasty buy, even though he's thirty five. Yeah, because you can just see him, like let's say next year Minnesota moves on, wants to go gets access to a, a rookie quarterback, moves on from Cousins. Um, that could happen, or Cousins just retains his job with three excellent pass catchers. Or you could see Cousins be like a like a pivot, and a number of teams just move on to Cousins and look at him as a as an upgrade at the position. So I think Cousins has so many outs. He's thirty five, but he seems like the kind of guy that's going to start until he's like forty. You know, like he, I think his is he was the quarterback six last year. You know, yeah. You know what he is this year? Quarterback six ish. <laughs> he's quarterback six. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, what do you want him to do? Like you know, he is he's actually a difference maker because of how cheap he is every single year. Like on, on the transaction basis, you're, you're paying low end QB two prices and then you're getting QB one performance. I mean, it's just, he's so, so good. And he's so undervalued because of the sort of, you know, the perception of this big game thing, which has been true actually, but who gives a shit? You know, it's like, I don't, we're playing fantasy. It's not real life or whatever. So it's been, he's been so great. So you could even talk me into having him above Dak, although that's a little bit harder case to make. I think Dak still holds pretty good upside, but yeah, cousin's been so good. And I think that's about where it starts to get a little bit murky um, in, in the quarterback land. And, you know, that puts us about, okay, 20, as you mentioned with like Stafford and Watson, that means there's like 12 teams with like major question marks at the quarterback spot, which is also why when people say, we'll argue like, dude, Fields, you got to get him out of there because he's not going to have a job. It's like, yeah, he will. You, Tennessee wouldn't like to have fucking Justin Fields or, you know, New England or you know, go down the list of all Tampa Bay, right? Um, all these teams, Denver, you know, there's not enough. Someone, someone's going to give, someone's going to give Justin Fields another opportunity to 100%. be a starter. He's a first round draft pick and he's flash talent. The, I do think that losing a lot of football games, NFL teams will sometimes hold that against these guys. Yes. But Fields definitely has one more crack at it, at least. Yes. Um. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, one. I don't think he's going anywhere, and he'll he'll score fantasy points. He may be a, a sort of a short lived quarterback. He may not be a guy that plays till he's thirty five. But I think he he still has that range in his range of outcomes. But I think more likely he doesn't stand the whole test of time. But 
who knows, man? It could be a little bit of situation more than than talent because he's flashed the upside even throwing the football. What do you have? Two weeks here in a row where he was really, really good yeah. before he hurt the thumb. Four, so. four touchdown passes. Yeah, four man. touchdown passes back to back weeks. Hey, Theo, thanks so much for coming on, man. This has been an awesome show. So uh, I want to end on something fun, but uh, th- I just want to say before we kind of do that, thank you so much. You're you're a true friend, and I will say you're a true fucking player, man. You are you are a legit player. So thank you so much, man. Oh no, I love I love coming on. I, this is my third time, yes. so I'm three out of 155 yeah. episodes. That's 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 pretty good flex. Yeah, absolutely, pretty good flex. <laughs> absolutely, uh, I I'd have you on all the time. I love talking to you. There, there, I've mentioned this a, a few times that there's a there's a number of people that like I could do a you know we could do a show every week together. You know what I mean? Um, I love having new people, of course, but there's definitely some mainstays that we just have a great show together. You're 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 legit good at this, but you're also legit good at Dynasty. We got a chance to do a startup this year, um, you know, medium stakes, two hundred fifty dollar league. I mean, it's a pretty pretty good stakes, um, and uh, you know, looks like we're we're toiling a little bit. We're we're both uh, we're both going to be uh, in the playoffs. It looks like there's basically uh, you know it's one of those leagues right right now where there's seven teams that are four and three or better, and then you know the eighth place team is two and five, probably not making it. So it's like there's six spots for seven teams. You and I are among them. So. Could be pretty, could be pretty uh, entertaining. What do you think of that league, bro? I got my boy Kirk Cousins at quarterback. I took that dynasty discount right there. Yes, but yeah, did. I feel I, I split that team with Dan Williamson. Shout out to my boy Dan from Absolutely. the Goat District. And uh, Dan and I, we kind of like midway through the startup, we're we're like, okay, we're going for it. So we're a little bit older. Um, but yeah, I think our team has a has a legitimate shot. I need Austin Eckler to stay healthy, but we've had McCaffrey. Um, <laughs> we have good wide receivers. Uh, we're, we're, we're uh, George Pickens was a nice pick for us. Yeah. We got him at a at a nice range, but yeah, I would say yeah, ninth round like, or something look, like that. Yeah, looking at the looking at the league, I think we'll be right there. Um, I'll say Danny Kelly and Scott Barrett have a, a decent looking team. I think that could come up. I play Alan. They lost. Zislowski they lost they, uh, Richardson though. I think. Um, oh, never mind. You're right about that. They did. Yeah, that's a it's a really good league. Like I'm just looking at some of the the scoring like there's legitimately like five teams i think that could win it yeah i am uh i think i just looked at that i'm uh hold on let me look i am in that league i'm i'm in sixth place i'm four and three but i'm second in points scored second in max points points four so i I feel like my team is good you know i'm sort of i look like maybe i'm on the edge there but you know like i've actually outscored your team by five points like we're basically both uh, you know right there so you know second in points and even first is like five points ahead of me so me, you, and Josh, actually, Josh and his partner, uh, you know, from Unending Rebuild, part of the Undroppables is right there. Um, uh, Fuchs Fucks, Derek Fuchs, who I call Derek Fuchs Fucks, is number one in that league, first place, although a little bit of a paper tiger. We're going to rip him apart. Um, and as you pointed out, Danny Kelly and Scott Barrett split a team. Their team, you know, they're starting Malik Willis this week, uh, Malik Willis this week, so little bit, a little bit of a little bit of problems there. They don't know what to do. They've got Tannehill, Brady, Rodgers, Richardson. Uh yeah, they've got some problems there at the quarterback position. Obviously Richardson was was fucking carrying them, but they may be the team that falls out unless they make a trade. I think they've kind of been trying to I think they're trying to trade off and go for it next year because they don't want to get rid of Richardson. You know what I mean? So there, it's a very it's impossible to catch up in this league because it's such a deep format. Yes. Like you have it's the the benches are so deep. There's literally nothing on the waiver wire. Correct. Um, 
like there's nothing. I'm looking at the available players now. There's nobody. <laughs> there's nobody. It's a wasteland. It's yes. an absolute wasteland. Yeah, everybody's rostered. Um, it's one of those things, too, where only rookies can go on the taxi. I think it's a 10-man taxi, but only rookies can go on, and it locks after the after the draft. So, like, we had our – this one was, was – like, we had our regular draft, and, and everybody filled their – you know, grabbed all the rookies. So there's no rookies for sure because everybody's, you know, loaded up their taxi with all these rookies, you know. So it's like, yeah, there's like 35-man roster plus this 10-man ro- uh, taxi. By the way, the taxis are fucking hilarious because, like <laughs> – hold on, let me see. My taxi, it's like, you know, I mean, I have Jalen Cropper. You know, I have Travis Die. Like nobody owns Travis. Dye. But what am I going to do? Just drop him? Why not? <laughs> I have Cameron. Yeah, might as well load it up. Cameron Peoples. Like so, yeah. They're, everybody's rostered in this league. Absolutely. Um, we I, have zero. We have zero taxied players right now. Yeah. Dan and I need to need to need to start picking up those. There's taxi none. Guys. There's nobody. You, you, There's none. Honestly, you'd pick up some sort of fucking backup tight end that nobody's ever heard of and never going to play in the NFL. Like you know, not on a team. You know, like you know, it's like what team? No team. You know, that's who you're going to get. Um, you know, in that league, I, I did make a trade. Um, I traded my um, a first, 24 first and second, I think, for Brees Hall. Um, so now I've got, you know, Brees Hall on that team. I, I'm, I'm looking good. I've got Puka draft. Oh, dude. Did you, did you know how I acquired Puka in that league? No, break it down. Did you not? Do you not know? So we're in the startup. And uh, – <laughs> And I, I know that Barrett loved Justin Ross. And I did too. It's like the 20 fucking second round or whatever it was, you know? And I like, I'm like, oh, you know, I, so I snipe him right in front of him. I take fucking Ross. He's like, dude, what? He just explodes. Cause you know, he had him fucking, yeah. he was taking him. Like it was the next pick for sure. And I took fucking Ross and he's like, he just, he's apoplectic. He can't fucking handle it. And so he sends me an offer and I just basically swap his next pick, you know, in the, in the draft for, for Ross plus a second, third round pick. So, I, you know, I give him my rookie third, I'll take his rookie second and it's fair enough. You know, it's like, yeah, but it's yeah. a little bit, I, I kind of squeezed him a little bit, but that's fine. He's like, fuck it, whatever, you know? So I, I do the trade and then the next, the pick that he trades to me, I take Puka. That's just how you do it. That's and how he'll, it's ne- done, he'll never, dude. he'll never forget that one. You're never gonna let him forget that. I mean, come on. But I didn't think I. Ha- I was like, oh, Puka's good. There we go. That's nice. You know, it's like, oh my it's god, wild. Twenty second, twenty second round yes. dynasty startup Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. Yes, yeah. and it's one of those leagues. You're right. It's a, it's a bit of a deep starting lineup too. So it's like a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, one, two, three, four flex, and then a super flex. So it's pretty deep. And so in the startup, if you're going to compete, like I took, you know, um, Jacoby Myers and a couple of like Gabe Davis and Jacoby Myers ahead of some of these upside rookies. Like, you know, there was a lot of people taking Marvin Mims and stuff like that. But look, if you take Marvin Mims, unless he hits, you're fucked because you're not yeah. going to have enough starting, you know, roster spots to, to field a team every week. So you're like if you take Mims, you're 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 going next year. You, you just can't. So yeah, I kind of like Jaden Reed at the time more than you know Jacoby Myers. But fuck that, give me Jacoby Myers, right? You know, and, and going into the season, a lot of people were like, yeah, he's fine, but whatever. But now, like having Jacoby Myers on my team is like the difference, you know, because I'm getting production out of those those flex spots. Where if you look at a lot of flex in that league, nobody's getting any production, and that's that hurts them, you know. Um, so yeah, I think that was the, the game theory. And that's, that's the thing, man. It's like in that league, if I, if, if it was shorter, you know, uh, shorter starting lineups, I would have gone with more rookie upside in those middle rounds instead of, 
you know, those types of players. Did you make any moves like that that you can remember or that you want to oh, you want to like a bunch like we we uh, we we took guys like Odell Beckham and Josh Reynolds. Yeah. And in this this deep uh, Brandon Cooks. <laughs> right. We took like we had took a bunch of these guys. Oh, you sniped um, me on Cooks, too. I mean, as it yeah, turns out, I'm I remember glad that you did. One, yeah. but I was like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, you want him back for Puka? You can have him. <laughs> so, like 12, 12, 12 round difference in yeah. startup value. Yeah. Um, might as well. Um, yeah. You don't want to be overweight. Just send Puka it. I'll take a look at much. it. Yeah. Send it. I'll take a look. Think think about it. Think about it. Um, but yeah, in this sort of a format, you want to get those guys you can get a 10 pointer out of because, um, again, you're starting so many players. And again, the quarterback depth matters. Yeah. Like being able to have, like being deep at quarterback. Like it absolutely matters. So it's, yeah, it's a sicko, sicko de- deep format. My team's going to be so bad in like three years with all these old guys, but what are you going to do? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's just fun as hell. So we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, it, you know, I've got, I've got Trevor Lawrence and Dak and Mac Jones. I mean, so yeah, the quarterbacks, you know, if you have three, you're winning. If you have four, you're a unique, you know, unique build in that league. And you probably don't have depth enough at other positions. Really, the startup was a very, very sharky moment it was it felt fucking it was like every time your pick came around like dude all my guys are gone (laughs) like every round was just brutal so all right man well i hope i hope i beat your ass and i want to win that league it's really one of those things it's like i really really want to win that league so bad to be continued we'll have to talk about this in, in like eight weeks you got it buddy well thanks for coming on and um Tell all the people what you got going on over at Player Profiler. I know you're doing honestly some of the the hardest work. I, you know, we say hardest working guy in show business. I think you're the hardest working guy in fantasy right now. Um, you are someone to be respected for all that you do. So tell the people where they can find you right now, so I can I can uh, get everybody going. No, I really I really appreciate that. You can find my written work at PlayerProfiler.com. I write the waiver wire article. I write the sleepers article. Um, I do an article called The Two-Minute Drill that comes out on Mondays, which is like my biggest takeaways of the weekend. And then I have a couple other like special articles here and there, trade deadline stuff, um, some dynasty articles. But my podcasts, you can find those. Uh, you know, a lot of you who are sub- listening to this podcast, The Undrafted, are also listening to Press Coverage and First Class Fantasy. For sure. Uh, those are my two podcasts. And then Sonic Truth, we're doing about once a month. That's with Matt Kelly and Alan Sislowski. Um, and then I also have another podcast coming out next month, a new dynasty podcast called dynasty life. And Scott doesn't even know, but he's coming on dynasty life at some point early on in the process. Hell yeah. Uh, so that's, that's going to start up soon. And then you can find me in the goat district once in a while, not as much as, as I used to be, but I'm still in the goat district streets, uh, every now and then on a Tuesday evening. So yeah, I'm, and I'm dropping videos as well. Check out Player Profiler YouTube. We're doing like some video breakdowns, trying to do that as well. So yeah, we're we're grinding. It's week eight. We love it. It's uh it's always a blast coming on here, though. One of my favorite dynasty podcasts, one of the best dynasty podcasts available is the undrafted. It's the hands best. Down, Come on, not let's not close. fucking let's not just it's because right you there, have right one. There. Because you have yeah. one. Second yes. best. You're gonna put me second. Fuck that. Fine. Fine. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. It's better than me. It's better than me. I'm only having fun with you, brother. That's right. It's so it's 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 fire though. Hey. The guests you have, the yes. conversation, it's it's fantastic stuff. Absolutely. And the, the other thing that you are what you know, you, we're friends and I see all your shit all the time. I forgot how good it is. I actually do enjoy you'll do the thing where you do the um, the, the your Twitter man, you'll put like a video. Oh, yeah, dude, what, those my are, memes are on point, dude. Yeah, they're so good. The point. you know, this is uh, all Zay Flower owners watching, you know, 
you know, so-and-so throw to somebody else. You're like, it's all like, it's just really great. Your Twitter feed is actually really good. I love those, those, whatever Appreciate the fuck that. you call Appreciate those. That. Yeah, those are fun. As yeah. Fun. All right, man. The people, the people demand more. So they do. you got to give them what they want. I'm just going to say before we finish, go get Trey McBride. Obviously Ertz is out. Trey McBride's going to be, going to be big, pretty strong. Go get him. Um, trade for Austin Eckler. I think Cortland Sutton might be a sneaky trade guy. What do you think? You like that? Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, there's he's interesting. He could, yeah, he's doing fine, and also he could land in a in a pretty interesting place if he gets traded. That's my point. Like, if, I think if he stays where he's at, like you know, Russell sort of likes him, and he'll be the sort of unquestioned alpha. And if he goes somewhere else, it'll probably be uh, well. <laughs> it'll obviously be a team that wants him and feels the need for him. Like, a, if he got traded to Kansas City, it's like you know, Oof. I mean, every Kansas City just needs to release like five wide receivers, including Kadarius Tony and now Justin Ross, and you know, trade like a middling pick for Sutton and, and be done with this thing and then just go win a Super Bowl. A hundred percent. All right. Now, on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer to walk the earth, a sad, sad Philadelphia Phillies fan, Michael Pez Duncan, you have been joined by the great Theo Greminger. I am Jax Falcone. And we are out. Out.